You're listening to Plan Style Do, the wedding podcast. Hey, hey, welcome to this week's episode of Plan Style Do. I am your host, Jordan Weaver. I'm a wedding planner and stylist and founder of Jordan Weaver Events. Each week, I bring you bite-sized episodes full of tips and advice from wedding industry experts to help simplify your wedding planning and styling process. Today, I have another solo episode for you, and I am talking through how to get maximum bang for your buck when it comes to your wedding budget, what you can splurge on, or what's worth the investment, and what you can scrimp on. So let's get started. Allocating your wedding budget can be a tricky process, particularly when you're at the start of your wedding planning process or if you are one of the first of your friends to get married. It can be difficult to know what's worth investing in and what falls into what I call the nice to have category rather than the need to have. Today, I want to give you my insights from the countless weddings and events I've planned on which elements of your wedding are going to give you maximum bang for your buck. As you're going through the process of planning your wedding, if you're not sure whether something's worth the spend, I'll share with you my general rule. Have a think about how much focus or attention will be on that element or how long it will be significant for after the day. Now that sounds a bit cryptic, but it will make a lot more sense as we go through my recommendations. So let's start with the splurge list. Now, these elements of your wedding aren't necessarily going to be incredibly expensive, but when I say splurge, I mean if you're weighing up your budget priorities, these are the elements that are really going to have a big impact, so are worth the investment. In no particular order, number one, a premium quality marquee. Now, I covered this one in episode 13 a few weeks ago, but I'll say it again. If you're having a marquee wedding, it really does pay to invest in a high quality marquee. If we look at it in terms of my rule of how much focus or attention will be on it, if you're having a marquee wedding, you and your guests will be spending a huge portion of the evening in the marquee for your reception dinner, your speeches, your cake cutting and your dancing. So it really is worth investing in a marquee that looks and feels substantial and sophisticated. The next element that is worth splurging on is a good band or DJ. So again, referring back to my yardstick rule, there's going to be a lot of attention and focus on your band throughout the night. And there is nothing sadder than a bad wedding band or DJ. It's going to completely kill the vibe of your party. So when you're looking at a band or DJ, I always recommend seeing them play live first, or if you're not able to do that, at least watch clips of them online before you book them in. Speak to the DJ. DJ or their agent or a member of the band before you book and find out about how they work, their song list and their style. This is going to give you insight and it's going to separate the less experienced bands and DJs from the real professionals. Now with the higher end professionals, what you get for your extra spend is their experience, their song list range, higher quality equipment, which is going to give you better sound quality and their ability to read a crowd, which is absolutely priceless. Anyone can press play on a song list. It's not that hard, but your superior bands and DJs are really going to be able to read the crowd on the dance floor to work out what's working and what's not and adapt accordingly so they can keep the momentum going and take your guests from one dance floor banger to another throughout the night. 
So a good quality band or DJ will definitely have a good return on investment. Next up on the splurge list is a second shooter. Now this one refers to your photography. When you're booking a photographer, you can book just one photographer or you can spend a little bit more and get what is known as a second shooter, which is a second photographer to assist and support your main photographer. In my experience, the range of photos you get from having a second shooter is so worthwhile. They can capture all those angles and aspects of the wedding that you can't get with just one photographer. So for example, as your photographer is capturing you exchanging your vows, a second shooter can be getting photos of your guests' faces and their emotional responses during the ceremony. Or after the ceremony, if you and your bridal party go off to get photos off-site with your main photographer, a second shooter can stay and get shots of your family and friends mingling during your cocktail hour. So it just adds a variety and depth to the range of photos that you get from your day. And I believe it's definitely worth investing in if you can. In a similar vein is my next splurge element and that is a videographer. Now this isn't for everyone. I know some people might not feel comfortable being captured on video but if you're toying with the idea of having a videographer I do think it's well worthwhile. So this one refers back to what I was mentioning earlier about the significance it will have after the wedding day. So having your wedding day captured on video as well as through photography it just adds a whole new level of depth when you're looking back on your day in the years to come and it will certainly be significant for a long long time it's something you'll be able to look back on for years even decades to come something to show the kids and the grandkids and it's also a beautiful way to capture moving images of people who may not always be with you like older family members uh, and it's a really beautiful keepsake to treasure Next up on the splurge list is good quality menus and place cards. Well worth the investment. So going back to my general rule, your guests are going to be spending a lot of time seated at your reception table. So there's going to be a lot of focus on your table styling. Menus and place cards are integral to the look and feel of your table and help give it a cohesive, sophisticated and elevated look. Your stationery doesn't necessarily need to be hugely expensive, but the difference in quality between, for example, a thin paper menu and a richly textured cardstock menu. It might only be a few dollars, but the difference in the impact and the first impression it will give is huge. The cardstock will make your stationery feel so much more sophisticated and substantial and create that sense of luxury and occasion. And just for a few dollars more. And my final splurge element. Now, I'm slightly biased with this one, I will admit, but for the peace of mind you will get, Investing in a professional wedding planner or a stylist or an on-the-day coordinator to help you bring your wedding together, the investment is so worth it. If you have the budget, a wedding planner will obviously take care of everything, completely freeing you up to enjoy the lead-up to your wedding and the day itself. But if you're looking for more affordable options, a stylist or a coordinator for the day uh, will definitely be a way to get bang for your buck in ways that you might not expect. So for example, when I style a wedding, not only am I creating a breathtaking design for the day but I'm also doing all those behind the scenes things that you or a family member will have to do if you don't have help so things like moving and setting up furniture putting out place cards folding napkins lighting candles packing down at the end of the night or early the next morning all these little things add up and they create the extra work and stress for you at a time when you should be your most relaxed and your most joyful 
Equally, the peace of mind you get from having an on-the-day wedding coordinator is immense. When I coordinate, I'm managing every element of how your wedding day is run, making sure all your vendors turn up on time when they say they will, that everything happens to time. And of course, dealing with any of those little surprise issues that arise on the day. So you and your guests are able to have the time of your lives and you're none the wiser to all of the work that's going on behind the scenes. Okay, so that's covered off the splurge items. Now moving on to the elements that I believe are nice to have for your wedding day, but you can trim or adjust to free up your budget for other areas of your wedding. Number one, wedding favors. Now these are the little gifts that you give your guests as a memento from your wedding day, and they're usually placed on the reception tables uh, at each guest's place. So wedding favors used to be really popular in the past, but I'd say in the last five years, I'd seen their popularity decrease. And most couples don't have wedding favors now. The exception to this would be if the wedding favor has a cultural significance, for example, uh, sugar almonds for a Greek wedding or a slice of fruitcake for a Sri Lankan wedding. So wedding favors are a nice touch, but if you spend, say, $5 per guest on them at a minimum, the costs really add up. And unless it's something particularly substantial or useful, chances are your guests aren't going to use them. And I can't count how many wedding favors I have seen left on the reception tables at the end of the night, which is just heartbreaking. So my advice, if you're weighing up your budget, skip the wedding favors and allocate your money to another part of your planning or styling where it will have greater impact. Next up on the list is a getaway car. So this is another wedding tradition I see less and less of. This is the car that the newly married couple drive away in from the reception. So think that traditional image of the newlyweds driving into the sunset with a just married sign on the back of their car. That's a getaway car. Look, it's it's cute. And it's a great photo opportunity, but I think you can easily choose to cut it out for a number of reasons. So firstly, by the time you reach the end of your reception, your guests are going to have a few wines and beers under their belt. And to be honest, many of them won't actually remember that part of the evening anyway. A lot of couples also like to stay at the reception and say a proper goodbye to all their guests, which you can't do if you're driving off while everyone is still at your reception. Now, the next three elements on my scrimp list aren't things I recommend cutting out entirely, but they are areas that you can make tweaks or changes to to free up spend for other things. First up, your cocktail hour furniture. So cocktail hour is also known as your pre-dinner drinks, and it's that time after your ceremony, but before your reception begins. It's a great chance for you as the newlyweds to mingle with your guests and also for your family and friends to enjoy some drinks and some canapes and chat with each other before the reception begins. During this time, I'd certainly recommend having some furniture and seating available, um, particularly for those guests who can't stand for long periods of time. But ultimately, your guests are only going to be in this space for about an hour or an hour and a half. So you don't need to go all out with the styling. Some simple cocktail furniture and stools, possibly some lounge areas and some simple bud vases for your florals will suffice. Save your styling budget for either your ceremony or your reception because they'll have much more focus throughout the day. Next up, 
your wedding cake. Now, I'm not recommending getting rid of the wedding cake entirely, unless you don't like wedding cake and then go for it, get rid of it. But there are ways you can cut down your spend on your wedding cake. So for example, you could choose to have a beautiful tiered cake on display during your wedding for your cake cutting and your photos. Then you could also have what's known as a kitchen cake out the back. So a kitchen cake is the same flavor as your decorative cake, but it's just in a slab rather than a beautiful decorated uh, tiered cake, which means it's much more affordable because you're not paying for it to be decorated. So say you have 120 guests, you could have a beautiful decorated tiered cake big enough for 80 people that you can have for your your cake cutting and your photos then you could have a kitchen cake out the back that has an additional 40 serves for the rest of your guests so it's more affordable than paying for a decorative cake for all 120 guests once you have cut your cake and you've had your photos taken your caterer can take your decorative cake into the kitchen and cut it up with your kitchen cake and then once it's served no one's going to be able to tell the difference between the kitchen cake and the decorative cake and it's just a great way of cutting down in costs when it comes to your wedding cake and now my final tip on where you can scrimp with your wedding budget and that is after dinner food now I think it's a good idea to have some food available for your guests at the end of the night to help soak up all that alcohol all those wines and beers but it doesn't need to be Michelin star quality some guests might be full to the brim after dinner and dessert so you don't need to do an enormous spread some gourmet sandwiches or a cheese toasty station just something to line their stomachs will more than suffice So there you have it, my tips on the elements of your wedding that are going to have the biggest impact and focus. So when you're planning your budget, you know what's worth investing in and what you can trim back if needed. Thank you for joining me. If you've enjoyed this week's episode and got some value from it, please rate and review Plan Style Do on whichever platform you use. It could be Apple Podcasts, it could be Google, it could be Spotify, whatever you use. And don't forget to hit subscribe to make sure you automatically receive a new episode each week. I am Jordan Weaver. Thank you for tuning in and I will catch you next time.